place for me and his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. 
So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Doug. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship this morning on this great and wonderful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. We're so glad to be able to get together in God's house, experience God's goodness in God's presence. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for today. Lord, you made this day, and we are going to be happy and rejoice in this day. We exalt our Lord and Savior, Jesus And Lord, we're going to have a great time in your presence this morning. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
place like your presence, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Let him hear the praise out of your mouth. Lift up his name in this place. Oh, we glorify you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you are here. You are our honored guest. You and your Holy Spirit with your power, your goodness and grace are welcome here. Lord, we love your presence. We love your work. We exalt your name, Lord, and we thank you that you speak to us. Thank you, Lord. 
Oh, do not fear or do not be dismayed. Follow me, for I show you a better way. I don't lead you based on what the world does or what anyone else does. I lead you with my voice, with my hand, with my grace. I will lead you into your blessed place. Follow me and stay close, for I've got you covered. For you are in my hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Happy Mother's Day, everybody, all the ladies, all the mamas. And does everybody have a copy of the confession? I tell you what, it's a great privilege and honor to be able to speak the Word of God. Amen. Amen. You know, when we speak God's Word, it releases His power. Mm-hmm. The same, do you realize that the same power and authority that created the world, we get to speak? Mm-hmm. Amen? Well, let's make our confession of faith based on God's Word. Our, our victory, victory comes through faith in God and obedience to His Word. The Lord does marvelous things for us, and by his right hand and holy arm, we gain the victory. The Lord makes us victorious wherever we go. Our victory comes to us through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are thankful to him. We overcome our accuser, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we do not fear death. Because I am born of God, I overcome the world. My victory over the world is my faith in Jesus as the Son of God. As an overcomer, I partake of eternal life, and I am rescued from hell. As an overcomer, I partake of God's heavenly bread, and I have power over the nations. As an overcomer, I'm clothed in pure white, and my name is written in the book of life. In all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loves us. We are persuaded that not even death or life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, hostile powers, height or depth, or any other created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in us in Christ Jesus our Lord. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with a message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, 
We are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Well, I wanted to encourage the ladies that we have gifts for you in the back. So make sure that you grab one, ladies, and our young ladies. You don't have to be a mama. <laughs> and uh, we just want to bless you with that. I want to say something for the mamas. I was just thinking about um, you need to have a standard for what happens to what comes out of your womb. So, for example, you should declare, now this isn't, don't do Job, don't start doing things so your kids don't do things, right? We're not doing Job. But you need to set a standard for what came out of your womb. So this goes to all the young girls and everybody. Out of my womb, what has come out of my womb, will be able to hear about the eternal gift from God. And they will hear it clearly and be able to make a decision to be washed in the blood. Amen. Amen. So every time you see what came out of your womb behaving differently towards the devil and the enemy of what comes out of a woman's womb, amen, you make that declaration. Now what comes out of my womb gets to clearly hear and see about the gift of God, the eternal life. They hear it clearly, they understand it, and they have light that comes to them. You put all those words in there. Find scriptures to back it up because John 3.16 is the number one scripture because God wants all. So your womb, what comes out of your womb, is not exempt from that. There is no scripture that exempts what came out of your womb from receiving salvation. Amen? So you... Keep speaking that. Every time they operate in darkness, you keep speaking what your womb produces. And that, you didn't bring somebody in the earth for them to go to hell. I don't think so, right? You declare that. You are the mama. You decide what happens. You start speaking over them, your grandkids, your kids, because they all, it started from your womb. <laughs> if they grew in there, <laughs> they have now been targeted by your words. So you speak it over them and don't let, they are not allowed to die until they have come face to face with the truth and get a fair and good shot at understanding it. All demons have to be removed from them. They can hear, oh, you just talk it out. You and God. And they fulfill why they came to the earth. They're not just barely making it to heaven. So it doesn't matter how old they are or how young they are. They start now. Amen. This is day one. Just go at it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, this morning we have an opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God. You know, the Bible says that in heaven, Jesus receives our tithe. Our tithe is our 10% of what comes into our hand. An offering is anything above and beyond that. Amen? The Bible tells us what the tithe is, but the offering is up to us. Unless the Lord specifically tells you something. So when you're giving this morning, I want you to give in faith. 
And then I want you to give believing. And if you're watching online, we appreciate you watching. And you can do that uh, through our website as well, uh, through PayPal. It'll, it's a secure way to do that. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for all the gifts and the givers of VCF, both here and around the world. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise. As they put their seed in the ground, Lord, it will produce an abundant, overflowing, bumper crop harvest. And I thank you, Lord, that you will be glorified and honored in all their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. want to let you know that uh, next weekend, uh, Steve and Beverly Hoffman uh, will be here as our guest ministers. Amen. They're missionaries and board members, and uh, they're going to be a great blessing to you. So it would be a great opportunity to bring someone with you. Amen. So uh, come, and uh, next Sunday... Uh, Steve and Beverly will bring the word, and we're excited about that. And, uh, you know, if you uh, are interested in uh, helping us here at VCF, we can certainly use your help in different areas, but especially in our grounds. You know, we've got some two young people who have been faithful and dedicated, but they could use some help. Amen? So uh, if you could put in an hour a week or something like that and help us take care of our beautiful grounds, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And hmm? yeah, see Stephen, uh, he's in the sound booth right now. You can talk with him and uh, he'll direct you. All right. I just have a, a few little things here for uh, some moms. I want to say hi to my mom. Happy Mother's Day and happy Mother's Day to all you lo- ladies. Um, here's a, a little uh, poem. It says, uh, Just one little wish for you, Mom, but it's loving and happy and true. It's a wish that the nicest and best things will always keep coming to you. All right, so that's a little. Here's another one. Here's wishing you a Mother's Day that's filled with every pleasure and a future that's as happy as uh, the memories of your treasure. And this is the... Called, I love you, Mom. Mom's smiles can brighten any moment. Mom's hugs uh, put joy in all of our days. Mom's love will stay with us forever and touch our lives in precious ways. The values you've taught, the care you've given, the wonderful love you've shown have uh, enriched my life in more than I can count. I love you, Mom. And uh, at first, if you don't succeed, try doing it the way mom told you in the beginning. (laughs) Words of wisdom, right? There's only one pretty child in the world, and every mother has it. (laughs) Amen? Amen. And this is called a mother's love uh, forever. I've been with you since before your birth. I'll stand by your side as long as I'm on the earth. A mother's love is special, a never-ending gift. A love that's always there if you ever need a lift. 
I think of you often, never missing a day. My love is forever and always sent your way. You're never far from uh, the caring thoughts in my heart. No matter how many uh, miles ever to try to keep us apart. A mother's love, your gift, the gift I'll always give to you. As we watch our lives go by, no matter what you say or do. And Billy Graham said this. Only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in the molding of character of her children. I just wanted to encourage you moms. Father, we give you thanks and praise for every mom today that's here or in another place, Lord. And we just honor them. We give you glory and honor and praise and we thank you for our moms. Thank you for having them bring us to this earth. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful. May they be blessed and enriched and honored today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We pray that over every mother's. All right. We have some awesome Kids Life teachers this morning and uh, helpers. So kids, we want you to dismiss you to your class. Have a great class. Have a fun time in Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, it is a good day in the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, um, everything about our life is connected. Right? We think thoughts. What we think on goes into our hearts. Comes out of our mouth, right? It's all connected. And um, our mouth speaks out of the overflow of what's in our heart. And everything that we do is a product of what has been developed on the inside. Right? Our behavior, our, our actions, our words. And what you believe is based on what you have in your heart. And what you do is based on what you have in your heart. So this morning, I want us to discover how the Word of God can shape our life. How many know that the Word of God is interested in shaping your life? It's concerned about every aspect of your life. You know? And uh, I know... uh, you know, we're, we're kind of like uh, pasta. You know, we come in different shapes. I mean, pasta is the greatest marketing tool ever. It's the same substance. It just comes out differently. Right? Different shapes. You've got macaroni and lasagna and spaghetti and linguine and, ro- and uh, ro- ro- rosini or whatever. And, uh, you know, I've been on a pasta diet. I, I, uh, but... Uh, Pasta comes in different shapes, right? And the Word of God wants to shape your life. I want you to go with me to the book of Luke. And we're going to see how something transpired in a young woman's life and how the Word 
shaped her. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Very familiar story. And it's not just for Christmas because there are truths here that we need to know. So, how the Word shapes your life. In in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was um, sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said to her, fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I want you to stop right there. Notice she found favor with God. Where can we find favor of God? Does it just come up automatically? Can we plant a garden in our backyard and grow some favor plants? Right? Can, can we take some needle and thread and sew a garment of favor? Where do we find the favor of God? Hebrews 4.16 tells us, when we go before the throne of grace, he says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find favor. So guess what? Mary was a person who frequented the throne of God. How can you go to the throne? You go there in prayer. You go there in fellowship. You go there in communion with God. If any, any of us want to find favor, we can all find it at the throne of God. Through Jesus Christ, we have been given an open invitation and an open door to find favor. I don't know about you, but I need favor every day. Amen? So, God is telling her that she found favor. God is recognizing her visits to his throne room. Okay? So my point is, this wasn't her first encounter with the Word. She was a follower of the Lord. Whose house was she from? The house of David. Who's Jesus a descendant of? David. Right? David was a worshiper. David was a praiser. David was a warrior. Right? He was a man after God's own heart. You have found favor with God. Behold, you shall conceive in your womb. Everybody say conceive. See, God was about to reveal the plan and assignment and will for Mary. And in order for you to discover the will of God, it's got to be conceived inside of you. Did you know that faith is like pregnancy? Many years ago, I was on a crusade with Lost and Found Ministries. That was uh, Kevin Cunningham. He was my pastor in Illinois. 
And God gave me a revelation about how faith is like pregnancy. You know, in order to get pregnant, there has to be a planting of a seed, right? And once that seed is planted on the inside of you, it's not dead, is it? It's alive. A whole new life is formed on the inside. I'm telling you, when the Word of God gets in you, it, be, it, it, it brings life to you, to you, to all of you. And then you've got to carry it around, Right? And if we were to take a spiritual sonogram, we could t- get a picture of what you're believing on the inside. A picture of what you're believing should show up if we were to take a sonogram or uh, what, what do they call it now? Ultrasound. Yeah, ultrasound. I like that better. Right? But it shows an image on the inside. When the Word of God is alive on the inside of you, an image of what is said is going to be formed in you. It's going to form a picture, an image, and that's what's going to propel you. And there's going to become a time when that, when that image from in here will become out here. Right? I shared this with a lady. We were on a, a, a cruise, and she goes, are you sure you've never been pregnant? I said, I am positive. I have never been. But how do we know when you get a revelation from God, it's like experiencing it. She conceive, you shall conceive. Say, I'm going to conceive something today. God wants to conceive something in all of us today. In your womb, and you shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. So she was going to conceive. She was, she was licensed to conceive and carry. Not conceal and carry, but to conceive and carry. Amen? And guess what? She didn't even need a license for that. Guess what? We are licensed by God to conceive and carry. And to bring it forth. See, once you've got a, a promise of God's word on the inside of you, you've got to bring it forth. You've got to give birth to it. Okay? And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give, him under the, uh, give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She wasn't doubting, she was just inquiring. Alright? How do you know, God's not afraid of you asking how this is going to do, how this is going to happen. Right? She wasn't looking for a sign. She was just inquiring, okay, how's this going to be? I only know one way that this can happen. Right? Up to this point, this had, this had never happened before, nor will it ever happen again. This way. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. I'm telling you, when God conceives something in your heart, you're going to have to have the power of the Holy Ghost to bring it forth. Amen? So, God, when he, he wants to connect you with His promise, but He wants to manifest His power in us. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. 
And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived. And a, a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Say nothing shall be impossible. With God. So are you with God or are you against God? When you're with him, the impossible becomes possible. When you're against him, it remains impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid or the servant of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. She allowed the word to shape her life. She received the call of God to give birth to a son. She needed no other evidence, no other sign other than what was said. She allowed the word to shape her life. And she saw it come to pass. She she knew that he was the go-to guy when they ran out of wine at the wedding. She would see him grow and become the savior of the world. She would see him die and suffer and rise again. And she would see him ascend into heaven because she was there at the day of Pentecost. So how does the word shape your life? She became what God wanted her to be. Guess what? You can become what God wants you to be. Amen? To the sick, you can become healed. To the poor, you can become rich. To the weak, you can become strong. Amen? We can become what the Word says about us. I want to become what God's Word says about me. How about you? Amen? Hallelujah. She received, welcomed, and valued His Word... In her. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. There's some revelation here today. You know, it's always a challenge to me on special days to find the right message. But you know what? My father knows best. Amen. And when you become what God's word says about you, you can change any circumstance in your life. You can turn anything around, turn it upside down, turn it to the right, however you want to turn it, it can be turned. But you've got to become what God's word says about you. And the only way you can do that is receiving it inside of you and letting it shape your life. Okay? Romans chapter 12 Verses one. I'm going to read it from the King James. Then I'm, I'm going to read it from the J.B. Phillips translation. First, the King James. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, verse one, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a dead sacrifice. No, he didn't say dead. Living, holy, acceptable unto who? Say my body. I'm giving it to God. 
which is your reasonable service or your spiritual act of worship. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, let me read this from the J.B. Phillips translation. He only wrote a translation on the New Testament, but it's really good. This is from the J.B. Phillips translation. With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship, give give him your bodies as a living sacrifice consecrated to him and acceptable. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. But let God remold you Remold your minds from within so that you may prove and practice that the plan of God for you is good. Meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. You know, we live in a world where the world wants to squeeze you into its mold. How many has ever seen a cookie cutter? You know? you got a cookie cutter that looks like a Christmas tree. And when you stick that cutter into the dough, the dough takes on the shape of the cookie cutter. Right? The dough then looks just like the tree of the image that it was squeezed into. And see, the pressures of this world want you to act a certain way, behave a certain way, and say certain things. The world wants you to think that things are okay when God says they're not. And the world wants to squeeze you into its mold. But God doesn't want you squeezed into the world's mold. He wants you to be like the image of His Son. He wants the Son, which is the Word of God, to shape your life. Amen? This is the cutter that we're supposed to be like. We're supposed to press it on our minds, press it on our hearts, press it on our hands, press it on our eyes and our ears and our feet. And we're supposed to be conformed to the image of Jesus, not the image of the world. We're supposed to be transformed. This word conformed means to identify with. It means having an outward shape. It means assuming a similar outward form. You know, yes, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. The world didn't get you born again. The world didn't devise a plan for you. The world didn't even create you. You were created by God. You were designed by the Most High. Every one of us have the fingerprint of God on us. We are God's Picasso. We are God's Mona Lisa. Amen? We are God's Sistine Chapel. He designed you. He created you. And he wants you to be transformed. This word transformed, we get the word metamorphosis. See, to be 
conformed is to take the outward shape. But to be transformed is to change after being with. To be transformed means changing from in keeping with inner reality. That means something on the inside is different, so you're becoming more like what's on the inside than what's on the outside. Hallelujah. To be transformed means to be changed into another form. A new nature. You, I'm telling you, if you're in Christ, you are a what? A new creature. All things are passed away. You've been given a new nature. We can partake of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Oh, this is good. For whom he did foreknow. Listen, God knows you the most. He knew you before you were ever entered into your mother's womb. Mm-mm-mm. He just needed a womb for you to come to this earth through. A womb with a view. Right? Whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. You came here with a destiny already intact for every one of us. Every one of us has a divine destiny. Whether you're doing it or not, you have one. Okay? Predestinate to be conformed to the image of what? Of his son or his word. God wants the word to shape your life, not the world. And there's only one letter difference. But that one letter can either can lead you to death. If you follow it. Right? That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Okay? Now this word conformed is a little bit different. It means sharing the same image. It means showing similar behavior from having the same essential nature. Hallelujah. See? Now, many of us don't want to think that we're impressionable. But we are we're, we're Americans, right? We're independent. We have rights, don't we? And we fight for our rights, don't we? But guess what? We are products of our environment. And uh, what you live in is going to affect your life in some way, unless you choose to be different. Right? So you've got to recognize when the world is trying to press on you to be something that you're not supposed to be. 
And you've got to resist it. Right? Because if the Word is not shaping your life, then the world is. Because we're being shaped by something. But our cho- it's our choice. Okay? See, God called us. He knew us. The choice today is very clear. You either be conformed to the world or be transformed by the Word. Either let the world have its way or let God have His way. We either reflect the world in who we are and what we do and what we say, or we reflect God in who we are, what we do, and what we say. Why? The Word wants to shape your life. Say, the Word wants to shape my life. Right? And the shape that we're supposed to be in is Jesus. Why? Have you ever known anyone that experienced more success? Have you ever known anyone that overcame any more challenges? I mean, if you want to retire early, follow Jesus. Amen? The world says, oh, you, you, don't, you can't retire until you're, what, 70 or whatever? You don't have to be that. You don't have to let that be your mold. Right? I mean, God says, I'll give you 120 years. Amen? He didn't say, I'm going to put you on barely get along street next to Grumble Alley either. That's not God. Oh, when you get a certain age, you lose some faculty. Says who? Why are you letting the world squeeze you into that mold? Why don't we take a lesson from Caleb? He maintained his strength for 45 years. How did he do that? He didn't let the negativity squeeze him into its mold. He didn't let the complaining squeeze him into its mold. He resisted it. He didn't complain. He didn't cry. He didn't whine. He didn't murmur. He said, we are well able to go in. Let's go in. But yet he still had to put up with the people until they died. Now we can go in. But didn't you lose strength? No, I'm as strong as I was when I was 45. Can someone say amen? Amen. He maintained his strength. Why? He was a different spirit. He was conformed to a different image. He saw the giants as bread. The other people saw giants as them being the meat in his sandwich. (laughs) Amen? So let's be transformed. Instead of Let's, let's not conform to what's pressing on the inside. Let's conform to what's growing on the inside. Amen? Hallelujah. How many has ever renovated anything? You know, you made something new, right? You added an addition. I've been doing a lot of re- renovations at our house. I've been painting and now I'm working on the outside. And, um, you know, there's always something to do when you have a house. And when you possess a skill, you're in demand. <laughs> Amen? So the Bible says for us, in, he said in Romans... He said, how do we be transformed? It's through the renewing of your mind. That word actually means renovating. 
God wants to do some renovation today. In the way we think. Why? The way you, if, if your thinking is wrong, your believing is going to be wrong. And if your believing is wrong, your speaking is going to be wrong. And when your speaking is wrong, you're not going to have God's results. And you're going to blame God for why it's not working. But all the while, it's our, wrong, it's our stinking thinking. As a man thinks in his heart, what is it? So is he. If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. You're right. Henry Ford said that. Our thinking affects our life. Our believing affects our life. Our speaking affects our life. You can't behave like the devil and be in faith for God. It's, it's, I mean, you you can't dishonor God and then... The next day, gonna, oh, I'm going to believe you for this. You can't do it. If you're not honoring God in the lifestyle, it's going to be hard to be in faith. You can say amen or oh me. It's true anyway. Right? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And I'm going to show you exactly how the Word shapes our life. I'm just setting you up real good. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received. Everybody say received. See, the gospel doesn't do you any good unless you receive it. Unless you welcome it. If you hear the gospel and don't receive it, it's not going to bring any change to your life. And wherein you stand, verse 2, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Right? So you've got to believe the word. If you want the word to change you, you got to receive it and you got to believe it. And you got to let it work. Say the word is working in me. How many believe the word is working in you? Well, have you gotten born again? The word worked. Have you gotten filled with the Holy Spirit? The word worked. Do you know what God wants you to do? The word's working. Amen. And if, if you don't have an answer to those questions, then you need to spend some more time with the Word. Because it's not in you like it should be. See, when the Word is in you and alive inside of you, your actions are different. Your behavior is different. Right? Just take, for example, the story of David and Goliath. Right? Goliath intimidated an entire army for 40 days. Every day he would come out there and he'd blow his smoke. Right? He'd say his words. Right? And what did the soldiers believe? They believed they couldn't do anything about it because they were all paralyzed. Not one soldier was willing to take action because they did not receive God's word. Therefore, they were in fear. They put more faith in fear than they did in God. How do you know that they were fearful? Because they did nothing. 
They just let, they let Goliath speak against their God for 40 days. I mean, come on! And a shepherd comes, delivering bread and cheese. Maybe he worked for Domino's. Or Papa John's. No, he worked, well, he worked for his Papa, and his Papa, I don't, he worked for Papa Jesse's, right? Papa Jesse's pizza delivery. David, I want you to go take some bread and cheese to your brothers. Why? Because all that fear is making them hungry. And the minute he hears what Goliath said, he goes into action. Why? He, he had a different image. One, how many soldiers did Saul have? I don't know. But one, everybody said one shepherd. He changed the entire atmosphere. Why? Because he was going by a different image. He had an image of victory. He had an image of God's name. He had an image of the greatness of God. He's like, I will any giant that comes against my God. He knew that he could. So his behavior was different. Because he was letting the word shape his life, not the world. Do you know that there are giants trying to get you afraid? By, they're, they're standing in front of you, speaking to you, intimidating you. Maybe it's a giant of poverty. Maybe it's a giant of sickness. And it's staring you down. It's, 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 it's saying, you're never going to make it. You can't do it. Well, you've got to go by a different image. Amen? You've got to know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've got to know that your strength comes from God. You've got to know the greatness of the, God, of, of the name of the Lord. Amen? So, when the word is inside of you, it's going to cause you to be different than... You're not going to give a normal response like the world would give. Oh, there's nothing wrong with our election system. Really? I can clearly see that there are. Because I go by a different image. It's called truth. So, to renew the mind is to renovate the mind. It literally means rip out the old and replace it with something new. How many know, if you want the word to shape your life, it's got to rip out some old stuff. Some old thoughts. It's got to take down some old images. It's got to take down some old belief systems that, that were based on not the word. I don't know about you, but how many has believed some things differently when you met Jesus? Right? So the Holy Spirit, he's the contractor that takes care of the work. He makes sure that the work, the renovation is done according to the word. Right? Why? Because he's on the job site. Amen? He's on the work area. Right? He's inspecting the work to make sure that it's done according to the architect. Hallelujah. God's word is the architect. God's word is the blueprint. You've got to follow the blueprint. Why? Because the blueprint shapes the building. An architect designs the building before it's built. And a contractor can't go against the blueprint, otherwise they get in trouble. 
because the blueprints have been approved. Oh my goodness, God's blueprints have been approved. This is the only building that will last right here. Anything else is sand, but this is the solid rock that withstands storms. Everybody say, out with the old. In with the new. Hallelujah. We've got to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. What's the tool that the Holy Spirit uses? He uses the Word. He's not going to use any other tool. Right? Now, the Word can be a hammer. Some people are a little bit hard-headed, so they've got to get chiseled away, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So... How many's ever taken a shower? <laughs> do you know that if you don't get under the water, it's not going to do any good? You can't just turn the shower on and say, I'm taking a shower. You actually have to get under the influence of the water. That means you actually have to come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That means not my way, but His way. God has different ways of doing things, and you've got to do it God's way. You've got to come under His influence. You've got to come under His authority. You've got to come under His instruction. You've got to come under His power. You can't just turn it on and watch. Oh, yeah, the shower's going. I'm getting clean. No, you're not. Not until you get under the influence. We've got to get under the influence of God. Mary got under the influence. No change will ever occur if you're not under His influence. Amen? Oh, my goodness. You know, God's not going to use some extra biblical thing to try to get you to do what He wants you to do. Right? He's going to use His Word. Amen? You know, God doesn't decide for us and then transmit his decisions to us. He lays a choice before us. For example, Deuteronomy 30:19. I set before you life, death, the blessing, or the curse. He said, I would that you choose life. But too many people, they choose the curse. God didn't choose, tell them to choose the curse, but they choose the curse. But guess what? God lets you choose what you choose. He has given us the freedom to choose, and He doesn't make us choose, but He gives us... He, I mean, He lays it before you and says, I would that you choose this. Hello? If you were taking a test and the teacher said that, you might as well answer what the teacher said. Why? Because you're going to get an A on that, on that question. What more does God have to do? See, God, the world is trying to squeeze you into its mold, but God is transforming. Our identity is in Christ Jesus. Paul said it best, it's no longer I that lives. He removed the I. He said, but the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. No longer I that lives. Why? Paul got off the throne. 
of his life. Paul stopped trying to direct his own life. Because it didn't lead him to nothing but a dead end. He didn't know it, but he was actually kicking against God. He was contradicting God by what he thought he was doing God's will. And the Lord had to teach him, what you're doing is not right, Paul. And then Paul made some changes, didn't he? He stopped persecuting and he started preaching. You talk about a change. Paul let the word shape his life. Amen? Okay. How does God's word shape your life? I am so glad that you asked that question. Did you know that God's word is concerned about your heart? Go to Proverbs chapter 4. I have so many scriptures for each one that I can only pick a few. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. Look at this. Keep your what? Heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Is God concerned about how you keep your heart? Yes, because your heart is where you believe. Your heart is where you're connected with God. How does God want you to worship, worship Him? With part of your heart? All your heart. Your heart is involved in worship. Your heart is involved in believing. Your heart is involved in receiving. Amen? God gives you a new heart. When you get born again, every one of us who've been born again, we've had a heart transplant. A heart of stone was removed and a heart of flesh was put in its place so that God could write on it. Why do you think God wants to write on your heart? So that you can believe Him. So that you can be like Him. So that you can talk like Him. So that you can act like Him. No other God promises to write their words on their followers' hearts. Alright? Oh, look at Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. This is a good one. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I what? Might not sin against you. Oh my goodness. Is God concerned about what's hiding in your heart? You know why people sin? Because they got sin in their hearts. People sin because they have a heart problem. And the devil knows it. And he, he puts things in front of you. He puts images in front of you to try to entrap you. He knows men are wired for sight. So he'll put a woman that you don't, nothing's left to the imagination. He knows that. But you know what? You already got it in your heart. But if you got, if you got, no, I'm going to serve God in my heart. Now you've got, you've got the resistance to go against the world's image. Amen. Was Joseph in the midst of temptation? Absolutely. What did he say? How can I do this thing against my God? He had, he had a love for God that was greater than the image of the world. I mean, Satan set him up. 
He was the ruler of the house. He could come and go as he pleased. And the devil used Potiphar's wife to make everybody gone. It's just you and I, Joseph. Oh, look, at you're, you're looking good, Joseph. You know, you know the devil was a, 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 appealing to his ego. But yet he was resistant. Amen? See, we have to resist evil. So you've got to hide God's word in your heart so that it's sin. You've got to take your sin prevention medicine. It's called the word of God. Take four gospels and call them in the morning. Call them at noontime. Call them in the evening. Right? God will give us a new heart. Right? Only a good, honorable heart produces good fruit. Right? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. A good heart produces good things. A bad heart produces bad things. Right? Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Right? God's concerned about who you trust in. I need healing. Well, trust Jesus. Amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Does that mean I should not go see the doctor? No, go see the doctor too. But you know what? You can see the doctor still trusting Jesus. Wow, the doctor gives you information. Maybe that you didn't know. Right? You still trust Jesus no matter what the doctor says. Because ultimately, Jesus has got the power to turn it around. Right? The doctors, they're still practicing. They haven't perfected it yet. Okay? God, the, the Word of God is concerned about your mind, your will, and your emotions. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And I, I only touched a few areas. So, okay, God wants, God's Word is concerned about your heart. Alright? You know that there's a difference between the brain and the mind. The brain is the natural organ. The mind is the spiritual act behind it. Okay? Your mind is not your brain and your brain is not your mind. The brain is the organ, but the mind is your will. It's where you make the choice. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what did he say? Think. Everybody say think. God wants you to think. When you become a Christian, you don't stop thinking. God favors you. He wants you to think. He wants you to use your mind for good things. Amen? Why, if He didn't want us to think on, why would He say think on these things? Oh, I, I got saved. I'm just going to unplug my... No! Let me say common sense. The problem is some people unplug their thinking. They don't think. And we knew that 
from Romans 12, we're supposed to renew our minds. Everybody say renew. How often should we renew our minds? Every day. Sometimes more than once in a day. Right? Why? Because we are in a world that is full of stinking thinking. Oh, it's the flu season. Really? The, the world has convinced people that. Oh, it's the season. And isn't it interesting? In 2020, where has the flu gone? It disappeared. The season ended, you know. I'm just pointing out the, the ridiculous things the world thinks. The world says it's okay to abort a baby. No, it's not. The world says it's okay to, to be a woman if you're a man. No, it's not. You're not a plumber. Keep the plumbing that you, God gave you. The Creator knows. Amen? But you see how the world wants the people to think a certain way? And, and the world does not think like God thinks. Okay? Philippians 2.5. Notice this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Oh, whose mind are you supposed to have? Jesus' mind. When you have Jesus' mind, you speak Jesus' words. You do Jesus' things. Who, what was the mind that was in Jesus? The Holy Spirit. So, the mind of Christ is the Holy Spirit. Can the Holy Spirit be in you? He's in you right now. Amen? Is He there just hanging out or is He there to help you? He's here to help us. Right? Okay. So, we know that God, God's Word's concerned about our heart. He's concerned about our mind, will, and emotions. Right? 2 Timothy 1.7. You know this verse. God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity or cowardice, but He gave us a, a spirit of love, power, and a what kind of a mind? Sound mind. So I have a sound mind. That's the kind of mind that God gives people. Not some crazy mind. Not some mixed up mind, but a sound mind. Amen? How about Isaiah 26.3? He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him. How many want perfect peace? Then watch where your mind goes. Your mind's got to stay on Him. It's got to think spiritual things. It's got to stay above this mess and this muck and this mire. If you don't want perfect peace, don't, don't keep your mind on Jesus. Perfect peace is nothing missing, nothing broken. You're whole in your body. You're whole in your life. Amen. I want perfect peace. But you've got to let the Word shape your life. Okay? We know that God's concerned about our thoughts. What we think. Right? Oh, He's concerned about our mouth and our tongue. Your mouth is the rudder of your life. What do I mean? Your mouth takes your life in whatever direction it will go. 
Death, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are where? In the power of the tongue. Your words that you speak, they're either two categories, death or life. How many want death? Okay, how many want life? See, you guys must go to VCF. You are sharp. You get an A+. Plus. You answered that quick quiz that you didn't even have time to study for. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8. What does he say? This book of the law shall not depart out of your what? Mouth. What is he saying? Speak the word of God. But you shall read and meditate on it. How do you meditate? You use your mind. Right? Day and night that you may be careful to observe to do it. How many of you got to do it? That involves your whole body. Right? What do you got to do? All that is written. Say, you got to do it by the book. From now on, we're going to live our lives by the book. Amen? We're not going to try to find a shortcut. We're going to do it by the book. How many want to do it by the book? I'm telling you, by the book, you'll have success. God told Joshua, do it by the book. And Joshua did it by the book. And he defeated 33 kings. Do you know how much land he took over? Why? He did it by the book. He actually did this scripture. God told him that no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's pretty powerful. Young people, you've got to live by the book. But in order to live by the book, you've got to know the book. Oh, you've got to study the book. How many students of the book do we got here today? You're a, you're a lifelong student of the book. Listen, graduation day is out of this world. So if you're still in this world, you're still in school. I know when you're in school, you're, you're looking for graduation, but guess what? This is one school you don't graduate with until you leave this earth. That's, the, that's our procession when we get our diploma. Amen? Your diploma is a mansion, by the way. You, Jesus is going to congratulate you when you get to heaven. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into joy today. Hallelujah. I didn't envision this coming out like this, but hey... All right? Go to Ephesians chapter 4, right next to Philippians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of where? Your mouth. But that which is good... To the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You are never to use your mouth to tear down any person other than the devil. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. And guess what? The world is full of corruption. Say, the word of God is concerned about my mouth. All right? 
Romans 10.8, the word is near you, in your heart, and where? In your mouth. Okay? The word of God is concerned about your beliefs, your values, and your morals. You know, God's concerned about your character. If he wasn't concerned about our character, he wouldn't give us fruit of the Spirit. Go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. I'm almost done. This is what Mary did. She let the word shape her life. How did Abraham become a father? In other words, okay, how did he know he was going to be a father? Who told him? God or the Word, right? So Abraham had a word from God. When the Word was spoken to him, he was not what the Word said. But he became what the Word said. Well, how did he do that? He let the Word shape his life. When his body was dead, when Sarah's womb was dead, they became what, the, what was said to them 25 years earlier. He beca- it took 25 years, but we don't have to take 25 years. Let's become what God's Word says right now, today. Amen? Let's let the Word of God shape our lives right now, right in this environment. Amen? If someone's sick in the hospital, they need to come home right now in the name of Jesus. Amen? Let's let the Word of God shape our lives. Abraham became... A father. He became what was spoken. He became what was promised. When Peter first met Jesus, did he know how to fish for men or fish for fish? He had no clue about catching men. Did he? But what did Jesus say? Follow me and I'll what? I'll make you a fisher of men. How's he going to do that? I'm going to give you the word, Peter. You're going to hang out with the word for three and a half years. And the word is going to go in you every day. You're going to hear it. You're going to see it in action. You're going to see what it can do. And you're going to become what the word said. Peter became a fisher of men. He became an apostle. He changed careers. In three and a half years. Why? He got retooled. Deuteronomy 11, verse 1, you shall love the Lord your God always and keep his charge, his statutes, his precepts, his commandments. It is your obligation to him. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. And this is, I'm going to close with this today. Let's start with verse 10. This is about Elijah. Well, let's read verse 9. Okay? Well, no, we better read verse 8. <laughs> okay, I'm good now. All right? How many know you're driving past something you see? Oh, I've got to see that again. Let's back up. Let's, let's get in this sight, Right? That's what I'm doing. I, I had to back up because there was something in this storefront that we had to see. What came to Elijah 
Everybody say the word of the Lord. It came to him saying. So he heard God's word, right? Okay. What did the word instruct him to do? Arise. Okay, the word said get up. Get to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain you. Does Elijah have full provision in that statement? Absolutely. God told him what to do, where to go, and what was going to happen. Okay? So, now Elijah, if he allows the word to shape his life, he's got to get up and go to Zarephath. See, when you allow the word to shape your life, you obey it. When, when, my, when my nephew, uh, John Michael, he's Cal's oldest son. When he was about two, they were in New Zealand, and he used to say, Obey your mother and father. He had a, he had a, English, a, a New Zealand accent then. And, but yeah, he was a little guy. We were, he, Obey your mother and father. Right? Obey the word. See, if you want the word to shape your life, you've got to obey it. There's not an option. If you disobey it, the word is not shaping your life. You are. And if it's not you, it's the enemy. Because something is influencing you to resist the word. Okay? Verse 10. So he arose... And went to Zarephath. What's he doing? He's allowing the word to shape his life. He is conforming to the word. He's doing what the word said. He's going where the word said go. Alright? He's letting the word shape his life. Okay? Behold, and he came to the gate of the city. Behold, the widow woman. Notice it said the widow woman. Okay? God said a widow is going to take care of him, right? Apparently, women who were widows were identifiable. He knew that this was a widow. Okay? A widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her. Why does he call to her? Because he had a promise from God that a widow would take care of him. Okay? And he said, bring me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. What is occurring at this time in history? A famine. That Elijah shut the heavens up because of the wickedness of Ahab and Jezebel. He is asking for water in the midst of a famine. Can you, in the midst of a drought, he's asking for water. What happened to the brook where he was? It dried up. So that tells you that water supplies are what? They're low. But when you have a promise from God, amen, when you have an instruction from God, you can get supplies in a famine. So he asked for water of the widow that he sees. Well, this, you know, and as she was going to bring it, notice she didn't complain. She didn't reason. She didn't say, excuse me, sir, but don't you know that we're in the midst of a famine? No, she just goes and gets the water. All right? Why? She's letting the word shape her life. Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in your hand. 
And she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it. And what? Okay, this woman had an image of death. All she could see was the limited result of her circumstance or her situation. She had an image of death. She had an image of little. She had an image of what I have is not going to make a difference. So we're going to have a death party. Me and my son, we're going to make a cake and we're going to celebrate our last meal. Then we're going to die. But how many know when the word shapes your life, it will change the image on the inside of you. It will give you a different picture. It will turn your defeat into victory. It will turn your situation around. And Elijah said to her, what? Fear not. How many know when God says fear not, you've got to choose to let that word shape your life. And you've got to eradicate all fear out of your mind, out of your mouth, and out of your heart. You've got to let the word cleanse you. Fear. Everybody say fear not. You know, when the word says fear not, you don't have to fear. You can tell fear to go. I tell Josiah, when he, whenever he expresses fear, I say, what do you say, Josiah? He goes, fear go in Jesus' name. You've got to tell fear to go. Everybody say, fear go in Jesus' name. Notice this. Fear not. Go and do as you have said, but make me a cake first. Oh, he's, now he's getting into the tithe. He's getting into the first fruits. And bring it to me, and after, make for you and for your son. How many, how many did she have? Enough for what? But Elijah just changed the dynamic. He said, make one for me first, and then make one for you and your son. Oh my goodness, when you put God first, he will multiply the rest. He's changing her image. He's letting the word shape her image to get her out of the situation. Not only was God going to provide for the prophet, but he was going to change the situation of the widow woman. Hallelujah. God was working two things on both ends and bringing them together so that he could shape their life with his word. Oh my goodness. For thus says the Lord God. Now he's delivering the power of the promise. The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And my goodness, she changed her image. She gave her her death sentence. She gave up. She, she got rid of the picture of dying. And she went and did according to the saying. She conformed her life to the word. She let the word shape her life. She went and did. Say, she went and did. Say, she went and did. According to the saying of Elijah. Who's Elijah? He's a prophet. What did he represent? He represented God. He was speaking God's word. He was a man of God. She recognized him as a man of God. Completely changed her circumstance. Because she changed her image 
on the inside of her. And notice this, just like he said, she and he and her house did eat many days. And we say many days. God took her one meal and made it many meals. God took her little bit and multiplied it. Hallelujah. Because she allowed the word to shape her life. Oh, are you hearing this today? Verse 16. And the barrel of meal wasted not, just like he said. Neither did the cruise of oil fail, just like he said. According to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Can you say amen? It's time for us to conform to the world, to be transformed by the word of God. To be conformed to the word, not the world. That world world, world slipped out. Say, I'm not conformed to this world. But I am transformed. See, there's a transformation taking place right now in your minds. A transformation is taking place in your heart. A transformation is taking place in your life. When you allow the Word to shape your life. When you allow the Word to shape your belief. When you allow the Word to shape your response. Let the Word shape your response. Let the Holy Ghost be your teleprompter. Remember, he told his disciples, he said, when they take you captive and you stand before judges and you stand before kings, he said, don't worry about what you're going to ask. The Holy Ghost will give you the words to say. He will be your on cue teleprompter in the face of trial, in the face of an enemy. He will cause you to overcome. Hallelujah. We've got to allow the word of God to shape our lives, shape our thoughts, shape our belief system. It'll change any circumstance, but it's got to get changed in here first. You can't change out here until you change what's in here. You've got to put out the old and you've got to put in the new. This is high octane. This has got more power than rocket fuel. This is more powerful than a nuclear reactor. This is more powerful than the atom bomb. This has got the power to create whatever you need in your life. If your father doesn't have it for you, he'll create it for you. But we've got to let the word shape our life. You've got to take the shape of a sword. The sword of the what? What's the sword of the spirit? The word of God. You've got to take the shape of a sword. Amen? Did you know that you could put a sword in the hands of someone who never handled a sword and send them to battle and they'll get there, you know what, whooped. But if you, send, if you put a sword into the hands of a skillful warrior, it's going to make a difference. Why? Because that warrior learned how to use that sword. He learned how to fight. He learned how to wield it. He learned the moves. He learned how to block attacks. He learned how to go on the offense. Amen? Why? He allowed the knowledge of the sword to, come, to shape his life. Amen? How about that shepherd boy? He used that word to whoop Goliath. And then when Goliath was down, he took Goliath's sword. And he put that sword and cut off Goliath's head. And he kept his armor. Amen. And he dragged his head through the city. 
Little David was like, oh, yeah. And everybody who saw that hand said, don't mess with David. He took his enemy's armor. Amen? So whatever situation you're facing today, the Word wants to shape you up. The Word wants to change your circumstance, but in order to change your circumstance, He's got to change you first. Don't think that your circumstance is going to change without you being changed. It doesn't happen that way. God always changes you in the process of changing your circumstance. Amen? I remember when I was laying on the pavement outside in front of this church on Ridge Road. And I woke up wondering, why am I looking at the sky and where are my shoes? (laughs) To this day, I have zero recollection of an impact. I just remember waking up. That was the first time ever I was knocked out. And it took a full-size van to do it. (laughs) But the word shaped Fiona's response. And while she was coming down to investigate, the word was already working in her. The word told her what to say and what to do, and she did it in the face of all the EMTs. I mean, I blocked Ridge Road. Can't get through it. There's a pastor lying on the floor. And the word changed my outcome. What looked like a bad situation, she applied the word to it, and the word changed the circumstance. 24 hours later, I would say 24 hours, I walked out of that hospital. I I was sore, but I walked out. Amen? I had scrapes all up and down my back. I mean, big scrapes. You know, when your body meets the pavement, something's going to give. But you know what? If it wasn't for the Word that shaped her her response and changed my outcome, things could have been a lot different. But I give glory to the Word. Amen? Amen? And just like it it did that for me, just like it will do it for anybody who will allow it, God's Word will do it for you. Amen? Mama, He'll shape your life. He'll shape your family. Amen? Your family can be transformed. Your family can be changed. Your home can be changed. Because you've got to allow the Word to shape you. And when it shapes you, you'll respond differently to your circumstance. And when you respond differently to your circumstance, you make devils run. Amen? And change will happen. Mamas, use your authority. You have authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are created in the image of God. Amen. You are woman. You are made in God's image and in His likeness. You have His features. You have His characteristics. It's time to rise up. And use your authority. Amen. How many are ready to change? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. The Word wants to shape your giving. You know, when you give like the Word says to give, you get blessed like the Word says you're blessed. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm excited this morning. I'm excited today.
I believe God gave me a right now word, not only for mothers, but for children, for men, for young and old. Amen. This is a word for us today, right now. This is a right now word. We're letting the word shape our life. Amen. We're letting the word be our health plan. We're letting the word be our victory strategy. We're letting the word be our overcoming out of trouble. We're letting the word be our anchor in our storm in the name of Jesus. We're letting the word shape how we think about our lost loved ones. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the power and the authority of the Word of God this morning in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. And when your Word is spoken, the Holy Spirit does it. He brings it to pass. He makes it alive. And, Father, today we're receiving your Word for our situation in the name of Jesus. Your situation is not hopeless. Why? Because you've got the God of all hope. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Father, for your word. Your right now word, Lord. We trust in your word. Say, Father, I lean on your word. I don't lean on myself. I don't lean on my feelings. I lean on what you said. What you said is true. What you said is mine. What you said I can do. I'm living by your word. And your word is living in me. And it's producing results in my life. It's turning around negative circumstances. It's bringing provision to me. It's bringing health to me. It's bringing hope to me. It's giving me vision. It's strengthening me. It's lifting me up. Hallelujah! Shout unto God! Shout unto God! There is no better way to face any challenge in life than by doing it with the Word. The Word will win all the time. How many believe that God's Word works? Why do you think we make a confession every week? Because it's cool? No. We emphasize something that the Holy Ghost wants us to emphasize. And we speak it out of our mouth because that's how we achieve the victory. You, you never run to your enemy with your mouth closed. Because guess what? you got a miracle in your mouth. See, I have a miracle in my mouth. When I speak God's word, all of heaven backs me up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I've seen people turn their lives around. I've seen many of you turn your lives around.
God sent us to Palmyra because there's some people in Palmyra that need to know what they've been given and what, whose they are. Amen? And God brought you to victory. Not only did He bring you to victory, He wants to bring victory to you in your life, in everything you face, in every area of life. But we got to take the shape of the Word. Everybody who came to Jesus didn't leave empty-handed. They received miracles. They received incredible things. They received turnarounds. They received healings. They received uh, things taking place in their life because they put their faith in the Word. Amen. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Are you excited about the Word? Hallelujah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm doing a new thing in Palmyra. I'm releasing a new and fresh anointing from my heaven to you, says the Lord. I'm strengthening you with my might. I'm lifting you up with my hand. I'm stretching my arm out to you, says the Lord. I will help you. I will deliver you. I will see you through. With me. You will not fail, but you will overcome. You will have the victory. You will receive your reward. You will accomplish that thing which I set it to do for you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. And you may say, well, what word do I apply to my situation? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. He'll help you apply the right word at the right time in the right, for the right thing. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Well, Lord, we thank you today for this message. We bless every mom and every woman, Lord in this place and those who are watching online Lord may the blessing of the Lord make them rich add no sorrow to it may they be honored and given their rightful place not only today but 365 days a year in the name of Jesus y'all have a great day God bless you amen enjoy your day